Hey everybody, welcome back to week 9 of That Scale RC Show. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Kendall, here with... Adam Dean. And our special guest today, RC Girl. What's up? Thanks for having me. How would you like to be addressed? Are, do you want to just be RC Girl, or do you, do you have a name, or how would you like to do this? Because we can, we can keep you anonymous if you want. No, you, call me Haley. I mean, my friend started calling me RC Girl now, but uh, yeah, let's just <laughs> call me Haley. I think this is pretty informal chatting. Sound, sounds good. Okay, perfect. Um, so let's start off with uh, where could our listeners find you um, and give us just a quick little background about yourself. Yeah, so I started RC Girl, I don't know, I would say maybe about a year and a half ago, but um, you can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash rcgirl, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm rc underscore girl, and then Facebook is facebook.com slash the rcgirl. Uh, also have a website, rcgirl.com, lots of different venues, but I would say my main forum is YouTube, and I try to do... YouTube videos that engage the newbie to RC, people that haven't been in the hobby super long, do tutorials, tips and tricks, run videos, and super new to the crawler scene. So I'm just, uh, I got my first crawler about a year and a half ago, my Traxxas TRX4, and then I felt like that's, I definitely found my niche in the hobby of RC. It was like, this is, I don't know, I really enjoy doing this. I like scale building. Um, I started flying recently too, getting into RC flight testing out FPV drones, so kind of dabbling a little bit, but I think, like, definitely my touchstone is the scale world, for sure. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, we're going to make sure to put up all your information on our um, Facebook page, so that way anybody listening can find it, because I know that was one comment we had from previous um, episodes, is stuff we talk about having links so people can find it and easily access it. Um, so we'll definitely get that up. So let's start this off with a little questionnaire. We try to do this with our guests just to kind of break the ice, get them engaged with uh, what we got going on. So the first question is, what would be your favorite scale crawler? My favorite scale crawler? Oh, this is so hard. I mean, my, I would have to say, can. like, I know it's old now, and they've come out with tons of different iterations, but the Traxxas TRX-4 is, like, where I entered the hobby in the scale world, and I don't know. It was just, it's, it's been a fun build to learn about the scale hobby, upgrading and doing different um, upgrades to whatever time, working with different companies, and um, learning about how to unlock and lock your diffs, and high speed, low speed, and uh, so it's been a learning experience, but also a ton of fun. I'm still running the old Defender body. I know people are like, ah, oh, it's so top-heavy, but it's been fun to learn about, yeah, scale crawling with it. Awesome. Um, what would be, or where would be your favorite place to go crawling? Uh, there's this place in Santa Cruz that I mountain bike. It's called Demonstration Forest or Demo Forest. And right where you park at the entry of the trail, there's this bridge, and underneath it, there's this awesome, like, kind of rocky river, so you get the water features, you get some rocks, you got kind of the, the loamy stuff that you, I don't know, it's just lots of different um, challenges, I think, and it's beautiful, too, when, with, you know, clean running water, uh, and after a mountain bike ride, when you're super tired, you can just get out your RC, people are like, what's that, and it's fun <laughs> to, to share the hobby with people that have never seen it before. Yeah, I'll have to check that out, because most of my stuff's always been, uh, 
the Sierra Mountains, and I know Jay's farther up north in Washington, so, um, but yeah, um, I know, since you're new, you might not have an answer for this one, um, but what would be your favorite event? My favorite event, actually, what I was challenging you guys is to teach me about all the different classes, but, uh, and I don't know, I haven't been to tons of different events, so I don't have an answer to that, but my next one is Axial Fest is kind of what I'm aiming for as my first scale crawl event, so hoping to make it there, uh, do some filming and interviewing people, um, and maybe even competing with my bomber. Everyone's been saying I have to do like the, the 5K thing, running five, with my bomber. <laughs> the 5K cool. is challenging, and especially at the high altitude, I'll tell you from attempting to do it with Jay, what was that, three years ago now, two years ago? Two years, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it takes a lot out of you, especially because... Like this year, Donner's even a little higher than Cisco, so it's at like what seven thousand feet in elevation. So you really need to train. But I mean, you mountain bike, so you probably whoop my butt anyways. Um, like so, what? How would I do with a stock bomber? <laughs> to you'd be, be honest, fine. you'd be fine. You'd be you'd do fine. There's actually uh, some other girls that do the uh, mm-hmm. women. I'm sorry, I I say girls. I'm. RC girl. Okay, so <laughs> there's there there's other RC girls out there that um do the Ultra Five K too, and it was really really cool to see them. And I mean, I think all of them have finished in the past. I'm, the year that you and I had done it, Adam, that's when when uh, I had seen some guys out there with their girlfriends and stuff. I mm-hmm. thought that was awesome. So no, if you mountain bike, you you've got it. Just hit okay. Chris from Altra, Chris. Uh, Chris Jones from Altra, he can give you the whole rundown because it's kind of his baby. So it's uh, you'll and, you'll love it. And honestly, um, so you'll actually probably fall into a different kind of category because I know how they've broken this down or how they break this down in the past is like if you're running and you have a brushless setup and like your super like I guess modified rig, um, if you come in. You know, if you place first, second, and third, they'll give you a first, second, and third kind of like in that category. Now, if you finish in like, let's say your bomber is pretty much stock, then you'll be in a stock class. And also, um, you'd be in the women's class, so you'd be able to probably double place because you'd be running stock electronics, and there's also the women's um, category. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's kind of, so, like I said, it's it's a fun event. Um it's challenging. It takes a lot out of you. Um, you really just have to just pace yourself. That's really the key to it. Is all I got to say. Yeah. If and you just... if you finish it, that's that's good. That's a win. I mean, it, okay. it's you'll place well just finishing it. Cause and it's then the hard. The other cool thing too, um, if you do plan on doing it, because I probably won't do it, um, let me know because I will be there. Uh, it's always good to have somewhat of like a little area, a pit area, if you have to repair. Uh, we did that last year with Jason from CKRC. He he said, this is my goal, because he was closing down the shop, getting out of RC. He said, I want to finish uh, you know, a 5K. So he lost a servo. So, I mean, it was like... Full on, it, it was full on. Full on. It chained out a servo? That's crazy. So, wait, yeah. I guess my question for you guys, what would you recommend someone 
bringing with them on one of those events? Like tools, you know, hydration pack, what would you recommend? Oh, yeah, for sure. Really, it, really it would be hydration pack and maybe a couple tools. Like, for instance, your wheel falls off or, like, something minor that you can do on the trail, fine. That's what I was kind of saying. It's kind of cool to know if you're going to do it to have kind of like a pit area or have somebody or people that can help you because sometimes some of the stuff takes a little bit more than just repairing it because with the Scale Ultra, you can actually repair your rig. It's just like King of the Hammers. You could repair your rig, get back out on there, and keep going. So, you know, you don't have to just because you break, oh, that's it, I'm out of it. Because if you can actually fix it and keep going, then you can keep going. Um I didn't finish when I did it because my electronics completely died on me and I didn't have anything to replace it with. Dang. What but, happened? Did uh, you have water? No. Basically, I picked the wrong setup. Um, there was some miscommunication with Jason when I was ordering my, my electronics for that. I told him I want the same electronics that I have in my SMT-10, which was a Castle non-censored, basically a short course setup, but... It, it could handle what it was doing. He sent me a short course setup for a really light rig, and my bomber's like seven to eight pounds. And they even say on the one that I got, because it has the Sidewinder 3, up to seven pounds. And I think just constantly being on the throttle and romping through everything, I kept browning out. So it was like, or thermaling out, it would get too hot. So I was like, all right. So I'd have to let it cool down, then start up again, cool down. So finally I just said, you know, this is, I'm standing around more than, than <laughs> running. Uh, I just said, all right, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> so I should aim to finish, and that's a, a good success. And you can and you could finish with stock electronics because Elio's son did it last year with a bone stock um, uh, axial blazer and, and finished. So you can use any rig you want? Is there any uh, Yes. And oh, you can, the the only things you, there are rules. Um, you'll have to look them up, and I know I'm I probably can do that right now while we're chit chatting. But uh, there's certain mods you cannot have on the rig. Like you can't have metal axles. Um, oh you wow! Can, you can still do the event, but if you place, you're basically disqualified. Hmm. So okay. there's certain things that they don't want you to have. Um, but yeah, there. I don't think there's a. Mo I don't think there's a motor cap. I just think it's really there's stuff like, like I said, the metal axle stuff like that. Because I, I don't really know what the reasoning is behind it. My guess would be, you know, a fair advantage. So if somebody gets stuck, everybody has a chance of snapping their axle. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know what their reasoning is behind some of the rules. But Chris probably knows. I bet Chris could probably yeah. have a really simple answer for that. And then, um, who's Chris? Sorry for asking. I don't know Chris, everyone yet. Uh, his name's Chris Chris Jones from Ultra Running. Shows. Okay. Yeah, he's on Facebook as Chris Crew Jones. Um, he runs all the scale ultra um, ultra ultra 5Ks. Um, he was the one behind the one that was actually just down at Proline by the Fire. So sweet. Super um, great guy. Yeah. So let's see. I'm like losing track of where I'm at. Okay, so we did favorite event. Okay, that was yeah. Uh, current number of rigs you own. Uh, I was gonna add them up before we did this podcast. <laughs> uh, I have a lot actually, and I should probably be giving some away because my house is getting a little bit full. But 
I can talk. I don't know how many rigs I have, but I think I have. So as far as scale crawlers, got the Traxxas TRX4. I got the Gen 2 Barrage after that. Uh, got SCX 102, which is my next build, which has been taking me a while, and I would love to chat about what I have planned for that. Um, but I re one of my recent builds is a XSO one from Extra Speed, and they're a Chinese company, but they're mm -hmm. actually this is a legit. Um, I'm really excited about it. It's like mostly metal components, and been building it up. I did my first hard body. I did a full YouTube series on it. Um, oh, so cool. that's I think crawler number four. Uh, yeah. So and then yeah, I got a bomber. And I guess is that technically scale or is that outside yes. of scale class? Yeah, I, I think it falls into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the bomber's been awesome. I actually the just did a YouTube collaboration with the mountain bike channel called uh, Awesome MTB, and we let them take the bombers and just like launch them off mountain bike trails, and we kind of did like an MTB versus RC collaboration. That's cool. It was t it was a ton of fun. Bombers right. are like kind of my go-to. It is a rig. great just, rig. Just like, like with people that have never done RC before. If you got to pick one, the bomber's a good one to. Hit to have just because yes. it can do everything well like if you had to like choose one rc that'd probably be the one to keep i would think yeah it's fun i do have to get the sway bars it has like a tendency to roll over but oh, yep. i just kind of know huge difference that only turn one direction lower it to where the links are the links in the rear trailing arms are parallel with the ground so like okay. lower the ride height on it and those things are awesome. Like you can make them Sweet. corner like a Yeti. There, there's just a few little setup tricks, and that is such a capable and competitive rig. So you're you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Oh yeah. Um. So the next one, like I said, this might be uh, another no answer. Uh, comp running or trail days? Which one would you prefer? Uh, I haven't done any comp running, but I'm doing some research on it, trying to learn about the Sorka rules and stuff, and you guys were sharing some tips about them and the different classes and stuff. But I don't know. I kind of just... I'm like your backyard basher, backyard crawler. I, I set up a course in my backyard, kind of we're on a couple acres, and have a crawler course, made some features. So I think, yeah, I would just say a trail day, you know, using the natural terrain, a couple features that I built, and it's just, yeah, having friends over or using a hiking trail or whatever, finding a cool crawler spot in the natural terrain, I think would be um, what I've been doing, I would say. But definitely interested in learning more about the competition stuff, for sure. Nice. Um, so next one is, uh, do, have you discovered a favorite tire yet? Oh my gosh, actually, I just got a huge tire delivery from ProLine on Monday. Uh, the sand paws. I just put four sand paws on my Pro MT 4x4 monster truck. That thing looks freaking sick, and I can't wait to take it <laughs> on the beach. I know this is a scale RC show, but no, that's uh, fine. That's dang cool. the sand paws. Those are. Um, but I just um, also got the KM3s in the Predator compound, which is the super soft compound. Gonna put that on my Jeep, my XSO1 builds. Um, yeah, I think I'm just I'm starting to learn more about tires, the different tire classes too, the different sizes, um, and but yeah, I would say learning about different compounds too, because there's a lot of parallels with mountain biking. There's so much technology and innovation that goes into mountain bike tires, and Proline's done a lot of um, I think progressive stuff of you know using different compounds in their tires, and so nice. yeah. Those KM3s you are going to love. The, mm, like sweet. the Predator compound is almost like cheating. It's crazy <laughs> it's how It's so soft squishy. They are. 
Oh, it, it's nuts. Like, they'll sit there and, like, stick to the rocks, and you'll see, like, the rim turn and, like, the sidewalls kind of ripple on them. Like, they have insane traction. It's it's kind of, like, the first time I tried them, I kind of just started cracking up just because it was so <laughs> unexpected that it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, I can't do this, you know? Like, it was, it was pretty cool. So you're going to have a lot of fun with awesome. those, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been cool working with Proline. Aren't they great, Paul? Such a cool guy. Yeah, I watched his, what is it, their YouTube series? Is it, like, um, on the bench? In, like, in the garage during the yeah. shop, something like that. Something, yeah. yeah, they have, like, a whole series, and he did this um, video on different tire sizes, compounds, different, you know, like the Hyrox and Cam3s, KO2s and stuff, and just learning about the different products that they offer was really cool. And, like, I didn't even know, too, that the... I always wondered what the dot, the colored dot on the tires was, and it's, I think it differentiates, is it differentiating the compound, or? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So that's if, I'm cool. not, if I'm not mistaken, the orange is the G8, and what is it, yellow is the Predator? I, th- I think it's blue. Or blue, sorry, it's blue. Yeah, and I think they did that just mostly because um, BFG, they have, like, the red dots and the blue dots, like, that's yeah. how they do their one-to-one tires, so yeah. I think that's yeah. kind of the direction they went. It's really confusing with racing because with Proline, you've got like six or seven different compounds to choose from in addition to like 12 different tread patterns. So it's pretty crazy on the racing side. What would your guys' favorite tire be? Oh, boy. (laughs) Flipping the question on you guys. Uh, Adam, you first. (laughs) All right. Well, this is easy because I have all my answers in my phone already. Um, uh, well, because we these were the questions we asked each other on the first episode. That's right, why. Yeah. Um, so mine would be the Proline BFG Crawlers. Um, hands down, uh, I love those tires because obviously they're scale. Um, so that gives me really good big points, and they just work. Uh, the, I could be wrong. I don't know if they have the Predator compound in the Crawlers, but yeah. I have the I have the original ones, and those ones blew my mind. So if those ones worked as well as they did, and they're this G8, then the um, the Predator compound would be even more insane. So yeah. HPI has those Predator compound crawlers on it. You need to get some. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Yeah, up here it's pretty much like if you're wanting a scale tire that looks good... Um, the Swampers, the Prolines, even the little ones, not just the XLs, are phenomenal up here. Um, they clean out really well because Seattle, it's, you know, mud and rain. So it's kind of, you know, you need something that can handle a little bit of everything. So for scale-wise, Crawlers are the Swampers. And then um, if you're going for just performance, you know, I don't know. The Hyrax works really well, too. That's a great tire, but I'm... A nerd, so I kind of like the whole like replica scale looking tire too. So yeah, I wanted the mud terrains because on like this the I don't know I made I made my Jeep look like the Moab, the highest trim package. Or I'm trying to anyway, oh, um, cool. and they run the mud terrains. So I was like, oh, I gotta have mud terrains on this. And they're a good looking tire too. Like, <laughs> they they look mean, and like the Proline ones are awesome on so many different types of terrain. Like I have them on my uh, Night Customs Jeep. And oh, cool. They, they just chew through stuff. I mean, gravel and loose rock, like, they just, it, it's weird. Like, you, you watch them, and you can just see them just kind of chew through the dirt until they find a point where they get traction, and they always do. But it's awesome. just it's a really fun tire to drive with. Yeah, they don't look that aggressive. I was surprised, but they, yeah, I'm excited to test them out, see how they perform. 
Yeah, you can't lose, especially that predator compound. It's it's crazy. It's like chewing gum. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, n next question: um, favorite motor size? Now, uh, you can answer both brushed or brushless if you've dabbled in either one yet. Um, if not, just a motor that you're very fond of. Uh, motor, so I can tell you about a motor I have in the mail coming this week from Tekken for my SCX-10-2. I have a 2300 kV, the Rock 412, with an RX-4 ESC combo. So I'm excited to try that out. I heard it's like top of the line, going to be awesome. Do you guys have experience with the Rock 412? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been a Tekken drive. Well, I started racing RC before I did crawling, and so that's how I know those guys because they're just over in Idaho, so we'd see them. Yeah, they're based in Idaho. Lot. Yeah, so we've been friends with the Campbells for like a number of years, and cool. the 412 is a monster. The 412, is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rock 412, like 412, I just, Sweet. I, I'm pretty informal that way. I guess I, if I'm talking about their products, I should call it by the right name, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Thank you. I don't, you never know who, like, who's saying yeah. it. Right. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's good stuff. You're going to like it, and they're, they're, quality is just second to none with their customer service and stuff. Is Ty your contact there? Yeah, he is. And his wife <laughs> sent me the follow-up email. So oh, right on. I saw if, photos like when, during the winter, they were like snowed in and had like snow up to the rafters at their, it, at their shop or whatever. It's he's crazy. trying to get me to move over there and go to work for <laughs> him. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, like I barely get by with the rain and stuff here. Like I get cabin fever bad and I, I don't know. I mean, Luckily, working there, I guess you'd have like a lot of, you know, things to keep you occupied. But I, that winter, I mean, they have real winter. It's that's yeah, crazy. it's crazy. But Ty, he has some it. like sweet builds. I follow him on Instagram, and it's pretty cool. They are a smart group of people. Zach, they're uh, he, he. It's crazy. So Zach is their engineer, and he does like a lot of their graphic design and stuff too. And uh, Ty and Zach have drawn most all of that stuff like the rally trucks and everything they do all of that in-house it's just absolutely insane sweet and they originally got got it to print um the 3d printer to print prototype esc housings and stuff and oh, I, I think they still do that but it, i think that uh ty and zach probably kind of took that thing over and it is just made for more fun stuff now instead Cool. Yeah, he's building like a, like a custom 3D printed. Is it a Unimog? I don't know. I've yeah, he's got a build. Unimog. He's got a Stuart Stevenson, which was the first one. That was the Army truck, and then uh, he did the um, the Rally truck, which I forget what that one is. I don't. Know, I'm drawing a blank now. But he's on his second rally truck now that they're printing out and then he's okay that's i think that's unimog what he's, working, that he's on. working on too he posted the unimog on our sor page today and it's, it's that's the one really with like good. the sand sand colored no that Did must be the rally one oh, okay. the, the one with the real wild teakin graphics on it that's the sand color that's the yeah rally yeah one. so that's like the very second one he built and the new one's gonna be even better which i i, I don't know how that's possible but it's <laughs> it's gonna be really cool it's a lot of fun to watch do you guys have you guys gotten into the three D printing yet? Oh, my my kid handles all of that. We we do just performance stuff for our business. Like we don't do like 
gas cans and scale things because the market's yep. pretty saturated with that right now. Yeah. But we do like skids and there's some other stuff we're working on. So it, it's out of my area expertise. I want to learn really bad how to do CAD drawing and stuff, but my kid went to college for it. And so he's got like his CAD certificate. And so he gets to do all that. And then I get to just sit here and make things pretty and that's it. So I don't really know <laughs> anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I have friends that do the 3D printing I don't really, I've never dabbled in it. Um, just like Jay said, I, I have a hard enough time getting my vinyl plotter to do what I need it to do. So <laughs> I leave I leave that to the professionals. It's It looks fun, but my God, it looks like a lot of, just too much to learn, you know? And like Yeah, I, big learning I'm, curve. I'm just way technology deficient to be able to tackle something like that. Yeah. For me, it's more time because, you know, all that stuff takes time to sit there and design it all out. I mean, unless you know what you're doing because there's some people that just, you know, whip something out in two seconds in CAD and you're just like, are you serious? James Knight. <laughs> yeah. Shit. No, his stuff is awesome. I met him at AMA Expo last November down south in L.A. And I was like sort of starstruck. I was like, ah. We, like, I, I know you. That's <laughs> how we were, too. It was embarrassing. I felt like we a We were the girl. same way. My kid, very first Axial Fest we went to, my kids all, Dad, there's James Knight, there's James Knight. And so we went over and talked to him, and actually that whole relationship with us developed because of my son going over and just having James spend time with him and talking to him and stuff, and now we do stuff together and That's friends. Awesome. And it's, it's, yeah, super great person, just way too talented, but great guy. Yeah, he has a ton of cool stuff. Yeah, he reached out to me when I was just kind of like burgeoning on Instagram, and he's like, hey, I would love to send you some of my stuff, like to put on your Defender, and I was like, wow, like, I, I was, yeah, star, star, another starstruck moment. Isn't that the coolest feeling you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Well, the cool thing about James is he's like a real person, so, you know, you could say he's a star or whatever, he just is like, yeah, I'm just Joe Blow, so don't worry about it. Um... And that's what that's what makes him a very you know awesome person. Uh, he was actually camped two spots down from us last year at Axial Fest. Oh, so, awesome. so when um, when he released the Canyon Cooler, um, I was following him online, so I knew that he was going to have it with him. So I was I was over there as soon as I saw him all set up. I was over there. I'm like, do you have the Scale Canyon Cooler yet? And he's like. I haven't pulled them out yet. I still have to finish up a couple things on them. Then they'll be ready. Come back in, in a few hours. So like we'd hit the trail, come back in a few hours. Do you have them yet? Like I mean, I was like a, I was like fiending for those things, and he <laughs> finally got them out like, on, on on the second day. So I was like, oh, cool. so yeah, because it yeah, because we're because I'm also pretty good at, and Jay is too pretty good friends with the Canyon Cooler people. So. Um, when they when he offered the scale one, I was like, I gotta get it for my rig. So um, yeah, actually, he was the one that referred me to SOR uh, graphics. Oh, some of his rig, you know, I was like, how do you get that like cool look on your that. jeeps? And he's like, SOR, reach out to them. So he actually puts them on better than I do. Like it, it's crazy. He's I don't know. He's just one of those people that's too good at too many things. Have you met his wife, Cat? Yet you're gonna love her. No, I haven't. I have she not. is like she gets along with everybody like you will get a kick out of her because she's australian and you know he's english and so it's it, it's super funny like they're just she's the sweetest lady like you'd, you'd really enjoy speaking to her sweet yeah i don't know if she's at axial fest I'll have to meet her 
Probably. She's been there, I think, each year. They make it kind of a family thing. It's been pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll speed this up because there's probably – this one I'm, I don't think you'll have an answer for. Uh, is there a favorite body you wish was available um, in RC form? A favorite body? What is it? The, the Jeep Gladiator, I think, that just came out in full mm -hmm. scale – it's like yep. the deep looking truck thing and everyone's <laughs> like, should this be coming out in RC? Uh, so I you know, I know they make a ton of Jeep bodies, so um, but yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Awesome. Um, and then the next scaler you would you would buy is <sighs> I mean the team associated their new rig looks super cool. So I mean, I would have to say probably is it the Enduro Sendero? Mm -hmm. That's the one. Yeah, it looks cool. I don't have any trucks yet. I mean, I have a Jeep, I have a Defender, but I don't have any like ones that look like an actual truck. So yeah, I think there's a cool some cool innovations on that oh, yeah. that I would love to try out. That transmission with the overdrive, that's going to be huge yeah. for them. That's very mm -hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah, and one thing to say about that, it's actually nice to see another company kind of like not afraid to, um, I guess, utilize stuff that's already available. Um, I know that, I guess, the history says that Team Associated started the three-gear transmission that you see in a lot of the rigs, um, but the bolt pattern for the bottom of theirs is supposedly identical to the SEX-10 um, transmission, so you can actually put either transmission in, I guess, either rig, because you could take the axial one, put it in the enduro, and you could take the enduro and put it in the axial. So I think that's kind of cool, because, you know, a lot of people try to brand their stuff to be their stuff only, so the fact mm -hmm. that they're not afraid to do that was, you know, it's a pretty cool uh, innovation. Well, it's smart because people right away can do, you know, a axial three-gear style trans with a VP housing and basically have a Vanquish, you know, transmission mm -hmm. and throw it in their associated if they want. But the fact True. that they paid attention to the market and realized that people really do like the over overdrive or the combination of over and underdrive, like, I mean, it, it it's a huge, huge hop-up, and it makes an incredible amount of difference like not just with with climbing but with your turning radius too and the fact that they listened and offered that in the same i mean you don't have to buy anything extra it's all right there like that's actually a very very smart idea oh yeah and they also have like the is it the behind the axle steering the servos kind of positioned yep. behind the axle for more clearance the yeah, serve the servos up in the chassis kind of like how it is in the SCX10 too um, it's just the tie rod goes from knuckle to knuckle behind the axle yeah. instead of in the front. Um, I've had that, that debate with a couple of my friends. It's a cool idea. I have that set up on more of a comp style rig that I have because, you know, it's not something that's going to hang up. As far as if you want to get down to what I call it, is traditional scale, like what you'd see on a one-to-one -one rig, that's not too common. So if you want to be nitpicky scale-wise, eh. I don't think that's like the most scale thing, but if you're going performance, it's definitely a game changer because it's one less thing to hang you up on a rock. I like that feature on the Venture a lot. Like that's one of the things I really do appreciate about that truck. 
Sweet. Yeah, and I think, uh, what do they say? They have like a four pole motor instead of three. Is it like brushed? Is it a brushed motor that's stock it's, in that? It's a brushed motor. It, yeah. It's a brushed motor, which is actually funny to any of the, if there's any big names in the industry listening to this, do you think they would ever release a ready-to-run with a brushless setup in it? I don't think there's one rig out there that comes factory ready to run with a brushless setup in it. Yeah, it kind true. of like bumps the price a bunch too. Yeah, it like does. It, people it want does. to customize with their, you know, castle or whatever they want to run. People usually have like a go-to. Yeah. yeah. I, Go ahead. Uh, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, actually, I, I had asked that same question to Ty once because I said, you know, you're such good friends with the guys at Axial. You know, how come you haven't worked something out to where you've got your stuff in their cars and he said man it's just price he goes you know with crawling with a sensorless or you know a censored brushless system the price jumps up a lot so mm -hmm. yeah I mean, you you well, nail on the head there well yeah but prime example look at uh look at traxxas with the slash they have like four different tiers you can get the two-wheel drive the four-wheel drive the four-wheel drive with brushless the four-wheel drive with clear body and you know all the, like there's different tiers so I guess you could say there could be a market for it because, you know, there's some people that just want to point and shoot. They want to get the car, get it out, start running it. They don't want to have to install anything. And then there's other people that want to build it. So I think it probably wouldn't hurt. It would definitely be one of those, I'd say, would be an upgraded one and just let it be known, yeah, this comes upgraded to begin with. Um, but, yeah, it would be interesting to see if any of them would ever come out with a brushless ready to run i think if someone were to do it i think associated would just because with their you know in-house reedy brand they push out pretty hard especially oh, with, their, with like their race drivers and stuff i know that a lot of their team guys are required to run reedy stuff so it wouldn't surprise me if they step up and do something like that but i mean it's a huge commitment from a manufacturer i mean it's like anytime you make any sort of a move like that i mean you run such a huge risk of product not moving for whatever reason and uh -huh. like like you had said haley with like you know people like to customize and put their own brand and stuff you want to cater to that and that's good and economical for you as a manufacturer but on the flip side of that you've got the guys that are like this thing's so slow and oh my god it sucks <laughs> and you know like Super they get it out of, yeah they get it out of the box and it's like they expect it to have everything for nothing so it's really hard to find that happy medium so i kind of I don't envy the position that these guys are put in when it comes to making decisions like that because all of that stuff is like financially huge, you know? Yeah, I bet my guess would be that they're going to come out with a kit version real soon. You know, people yeah. can just buy the kit, build it, put whatever electronics they want in it and lower well, price point. Well, There's you know so what I... On that one you wouldn't change though because it's like perfect. Like it comes with metal links. I mean, it's got everything. That's a crazy part. No, it's a it's very true the uh, what i was going to say is i'd almost like to see something that hasn't been out probably for the past 10 uh, 9 to 10 years i'd almost like to see someone bring back the the atr the almost ready to run where it's basically the rigs there you just got to install electronics and you're ready to go like a roller or you still want to build it right no right. It'd, be a, it'd be a roller um the, the one that i remember because when i was getting into the hot well, when i was getting into the hobby and into crawling um axial still had the uh atr the almost ready to run um scorpion 
and I was trying to decide between do I go crawler crawler or do I go scaler and my buddy at the hobby shop talked me into the scaler so um, yeah so but, but it was kind of cool because it was something different because you could actually get a rig that was already all assembled so to somebody who wants to get into the RC game and they're not quite sure how to assemble everything and maybe they're intimidated by it or they're just not sure of themselves yet they can get something that's already put together so you're like okay I know that part's going to be good now let's put electronics in it and a lot of hobby shops like even if you don't know how to you know solder or set up the stuff uh, a lot of hobby shops will help you out with that and they have people that do repairs and installs and whatnot so uh, I think it gives an option to somebody who may not you know know how to do all that um, give them options as well to have a somewhat customized rig but at the same time you know they know it's been put together I guess if they feel correctly or whatever you want to use yeah I mean I guess I would encourage people that are like my first foray into RC was actually team associated I got a B3 buggy when I was in my teens and I bought it as a kit and I think that's the best way to learn I mean there's always people that are like ah ready to run that, that's crap or whatever but I think I mean there you know I think there's a ton of learning that can happen with putting together your first kit build so I would encourage any listeners out there to definitely you know rollers are great but I would I would definitely try out a kit I mean I could do it at the age of 17 or 16 or whatever so that's pretty cool that you were interested in this clear back then. I didn't know that your history went back that far. I mean, that's that's crazy. So was it like your dad and you? It was like a like father daughter thing to go do, or like what? How did that even happen? I don't. I mean, so my brother had an old Radio Shack car, and I was just I took an interest in like you know building and trying to figure out like it was broken. What can I do to fix it? I tried a bunch of things. I disassembled it, and then I took it to a hobby shop um, down in. SoCal called Hot Rod Hobbies and oh yeah, <laughs> do you, have, you, have you heard of Hot Rod Hobbies? Oh yeah, that's a very famous. Yeah, they have hobby a racetrack there. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Babcock worked there. He's he was a competitive racer at the time. I don't yeah. know if he still competes or I'm sure he's he, still involved. He does in RC. Uh, a lot of announcing. He's one of the most sought after promoters and announcers. Oh sweet, yeah. I had a crush on him as like a teenager. <laughs> oh no thing. kidding. Yeah, no. Uh, but he he told me about right. you know the B3 and that that was like their latest kit at the time and I. Got the electronics and assembled everything. Did my first soldering, and uh, I had a friend, Brittany, she, and she was my kind of my pal. And we were the only two girls. They let girls like race on the track for free. Otherwise, you had to pay a couple bucks. And um, so, yeah, I started in RC like maybe 17 years ago. Took a break for a long time, and then a couple years ago, got back into it. Is it cool if we follow that for a second? Because I've got some questions. I know there's probably some other people too. Um, I'm not. I hope you guys don't think I'm trying to monopolize this or anything. I just, I, while you're on the subject, the free racing for girls and things like that. It, with being a girl in this hobby, do you get any kind of static from people, or do people kind of not give you the credibility that you deserve? Because you, I mean. Clearly, you, you go back a ways now with, you know, your knowledge and experience with RC. And is it one of those things where, like, guys talk to you a little more simply? You know you know how it can be, like, the weird, like, you know, don't really know how to interact with somebody's... Yeah, know, like, how much do you sets, actually like, know about Right, you know, like, <laughs> do, you, do you experience stuff like that at all? Or is it, do are people pretty much, like, talk to you like we're doing like you're just one of the guys you know uh i don't know i mean when i first meet people and i have my rcs out and stuff they always assume it's my boyfriends and they'll start talking to him and he's like 
I don't know any about this. Like, go talk to her. <laughs> no uh, way. That's great. So, I mean, I'm, then people, yeah, once they start talking to me and kind of hear about my knowledge, I guess, or, um, but also, I, I don't know everything, and I'm, I'm learning. I have a huge, you know, like, not a huge following, but, like, a, a following where I, there's a community that I can learn from, and so I think on YouTube, I try to approach it like, I don't know everything. I mean, if I don't know something, I try to, like, mention that I don't know something and I solicit input from the community and there's a ton of knowledge out there so I think that's one way to build your credibility um, and two we were talking about sponsorships a little bit before this we, you know, before we went live and I think um, I'm still learning about what you know doing a team driver looks like and how do you represent a brand and a company that you have confidence in without you know alienating people and thinking you're just like you know for one company or another so Right. Yeah, I'm still learning about the hobby too, and there's been a ton of innovation since you know my team associated B3 back in the day. Um, new technology out there that I'm learning about, new crawlers, and so it's been a fun journey for sure. That's cool. I would say you two are really showing my age with this one. That's why <laughs> I know none of this. This is like way before I was even a thought. So yeah. funny. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't been in it that long, <laughs> like, well, but 2010, I think. I'll be honest, my the first RC car I ever physically saw would actually be my dad had a Tamiya Frog, and that's would have to be the first RC car I ever saw. Um, and I don't know when he bought that thing. Was it the Grasshopper, or did they make a frog? I thought it was the frog. Wasn't it the frog? It was like the one that looks like a like your traditional sand rail dune buggy kind of looking thing. I'll have to look it up. Was it a Kyosho or something? No, it was Tamiya. Oh, Tamiya, okay. Yeah, they do have weird names for stuff. Maybe it was a frog. Yeah, I'm almost positive it was a frog. Oh, uh, yeah, there is a frog. Huh, interesting. Yeah, so, he, like I said, he had that, and uh, we used to play with it out in the street, and then, um, yeah, and then I actually stumbled into this because I come from the actual one-to-one -one background, and then that's, you know, we've gone over this and prior episodes, that's how I kind of got into it, was um, in between trying to find videos for one-to-one -one stuff, I stumbled across a RC one, and I said, that's cool, and it probably won't cost me as much when I break. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where it all started. That's funny. Well, actually, I would say some parts are just as expensive as the real thing, because some, someone commented on my channel once, like, I was looking for like a roof rack for my one-to-one -one Jeep, and I, you know, I was looking online, and something was about the same price, or it was you know a little bit cheaper, and it was, and then it was for an RC one-tenth scale, and it was about the same price of an actual, legit roof rack for your one-to-one. -one. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> well, Jay, didn't you have that issue one time? Oh, I I continue to have it okay so we, we, <laughs> it's so crazy so we started doing graphics for the yitty jr to just oh roll, i saw uh, those those are pretty cool. yeah just like a real simple kit to just change the color on it if you don't like the red and gold and so we we probably sell one of those a day and the first week that they went live i had to do three refunds because there was actually three people out there that thought they could get new graphics for their can-am for 14.99 <laughs> I'm like wow. wow you didn't know like if there wasn't a toy in the picture like how do you not I think they just see the price and jump at it without really thinking things through so well unfortunately that's actually kind of happened to me in both ways um Michelle's got a jeep like a real jeep 
and uh, we've actually I've been looking at poison spider bumpers. You really have to like be very clear when you're looking at those because you'll come across an RC one and you're just like, come on, I'm looking for a real one now. I'm not actually looking for an RC one. So can we <laughs> separate this somehow? <laughs> so yeah, that's funny. It's kind of a cool problem to have if you think about it, though. Like, it, it's saying something about the hobby, I think, if, you know, stuff looks so real that you're actually, like, fooling people online. Like, that that's actually a yeah, really for sure. cool thing, you know, and one of the many things that makes this so much fun. I feel like that's every scaler's goal is to have a rig that you can't tell the difference between, is it real or is it scale? Oh, yeah. Did you start doing the picture thing when you started crawling? Like, did you just, like, catch yourself, like, taking pictures of it? Like, I thought it was just the goofiest thing ever, and then one day I'm out, and I'm, like, on the ground taking all these little scale pictures at ground level and stuff and, like, into it, and I'm like, man, I am absolutely the guy that I was making fun of six months ago. Like, this is so terrible. No, I used to be embarrassed about it, and now I just go with it. I'm still kind of a little bit embarrassed (laughs) sometimes, but most of the time it's like, you know, you get a good reaction from people that are out hiking or whatever, you know. But yeah, it's it's still a little embarrassing. And I've have you seen? Of... Have you guys seen the meme where it's like a guy taking a picture? It's like people my most people my age, and it's a guy taking a picture on the ground of his baby, and then he's like, <laughs> actually me, yeah. and it's like his rig taking a picture of yeah, it. It's, mm-hmm. it's so accurate too. Uh. It's so funny. Well, the thing I find that's pretty funny is we get the the common question we get all the time when we're on the trail, like because we'll go to Mount Diablo or we'll even be on a hiking trail up in the Sierras, and people come by with their family and they think it's the coolest thing in the world, and then they go, "Oh, how much is you know how much is that?" And you're like, oh. "Don't ask." <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, you're yeah. like you you're like you don't know how to answer that question because you're like, because." Uh, if base price, you're looking at a couple hundred bucks, but when I got into it, you're probably looking at close to like six to eight hundred, and they're like, are you serious? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you have the, to justify. <laughs> yep. So I think they see it, and they're thinking, oh, it's a Radio Shack car that you glued a bunch of stuff onto, and it's like, no, 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 no. These are hobby grade, not toy grade. So, um, yeah, pretty funny. Um what else? I know you touched on this earlier about the Sorka rules, um, and this is another thing we could put up on our Facebook um, page for anybody looking for it. I know you were interested to kind of hear the different, you know, classes, the ins and outs, and whatnot. And um, when we were getting set up, I pulled up the 2019 rules. It's a PDF. It's actually on the Sorka website. Um, there's basically, from what I see, just really the three classes. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that modify the classes and they won't really call it a Sorka class and that's kind of how they run their thing and you'll see it on some events. It's like some people will say, oh, we're running a Sorka-based point system or we're running this, you know, and that's kind of where they pull their, you know, points from. But class one would be what they call their street. Uh, There's no external tire modifications is basically the big one. Um, Class two is what they call their trail. Um, tire lugs can be removed, siped, grooved, and or trimmed. And they're basically, I guess, a lot of it's based around tires. Um, yeah. And then there's class three, which is the modified, whereas you can have tire modifications, you know, and um, I guess almost anything's a go as long as the tire is no larger than 5.75 inches in diameter and measured off the vehicle laying on its side. 
uh, I don't and understand then, what that means, but... What's the G8 class? Is that a kind of a newer? That's something... I think G8 must be a um, hybrid off of something, because I there's nothing on their website about a G8. There's just the class 1, class 2, and class 3. Um, and that's really about it. And then it goes into the points, how different points equal out. So, if, you know, if, if one of our listeners is trying to build a class rig, this will be your kind of like guide on how to build your rig accordingly. Um, but yeah, I don't see anything on here about a G8. So, so say like a class one rig, they limit your inner diameter and outer diameter tire. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, and then, the, the outer, so what would yeah. what would like a, a stock SCX tend to? Probably a class two. Okay, class two. Because yeah, it's a it's a bigger than it's four a, one nine. And it's a tra it's a trail it's more of like a trail based rig. Um, let's see. And then a bomber would be a class three. Right. Yeah, with two right. tires and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can have like rear steer and dig and some pretty crazy things in class three, but. For the most part, like the biggest difference in class one and two is just the tire diameters restricted in class one to the four point one nine, and then from there it's you know class two they all have to be a one nine wheel or smaller, and uh, I think the tire diameter stops at five inches or something like that. Yeah, I mean I ask because I'm as at, at part of Axial Fest I want to maybe enter my first competition with my rigs and I you know I was thinking about the 5k and maybe one of the class 2 competitions so yeah I'll definitely check out the Sorka rules but what I would a question for you guys like what would you say a competition day how would you get your rigs ready for the competition like day of or prep before um, what would you suggest someone do bolt check just go around and make sure, <laughs> make sure all your screws are tight. That's that's probably the biggest thing. I'm I'm a neat freak, so I clean everything. And like when I'm cleaning, I take that opportunity to like look for stuff that might be broken or worn out. Just, a lot of guys don't clean their scalers, but it's like a racing habit with me. And so I like go through them and make sure everything's okay, so that I don't have any issues on comp day. But really, I mean, a lot of this stuff you just show up and drive and even if you're new if it's a pretty you know like cool club and they're accommodating they'll usually help you figure out what class to you know that you would be best suited for if you have any questions like that i mean usually people are pretty cool and they you know will kind of point you in the right direction and help you out sweet do they have limits on like 2s or 3s lipos or nah. electronics and stuff mm -hmm. it's just no. just they don't really be able to see them and that's it <laughs> you can't like see them you know they want stuff hidden but that's really about it. Yeah, and then I know that there are some places. I know Axial Fest doesn't do it, um, but I have heard of some. Or actually, do they do? I, you know what? I'm going to have to retract that statement. Then the Rock Racing, they may actually have a battery. Um, I think they, I don't know if they want you to have a hard pack or if a soft pack's okay. I really don't know. Um, some places they won't let you race with a soft pack. You have to have a hard pack. It doesn't matter if it's 3S or 2S, but you have to have... Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, mainly because, as everybody knows, um, or if you don't know, the LiPo batteries, they're, they have tendencies to, you know, they get nicked or smashed or cut open. They self-ignite. So uh, that's kind of why they want you to have a hard pack. It kind of protects the cells and protects the battery so that doesn't happen. Um... Have you guys had any lipo disasters? 
I know. Thankful. Thank, thankfully not. We've yeah. had we had an ESC catch fire racing once, and I'm not sure if it was the battery that did it or the ESC, but I mean it was a hundred years ago when it happened, and we've never had any kind of weird failures like that since. I mean, I'm super paranoid about them. You know, I mean they're like in an ammo box by the door, so I can like throw it outside if something <laughs> happens. But like I'm scared to death of them. But they, you know, I've had good luck so far. Yeah. Um, it just being like proper care and maintenance um, and handling, I guess, is just key. And, you know, I got some batteries that are pretty poofy, but nothing that I'd be scared to run in my car. Yeah, I had one disaster where I, I was charging it at the wrong rate. And I don't know, I, I didn't have the balance port plugged in. And I was like, I think I was storage charging it. And I was charging it way too fast. And I heard like a and then like I was like what was that and then I heard another one and then like the I ran into the room the lipo was starting to like puff up and I just grabbed it and tossed it out out the window <laughs> oh my god wow <laughs> that was nothing it didn't like on fire or anything but it was like my closest one to where something was about to to happen <laughs> after so. that you started respecting them a lot. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for sure yeah you always I've think heard... like oh it won't happen to me but it's like it's scary I know I've been wanting to do a lipo safety video but that kind of means that I have to like puncture one, and I don't know. I don't have like the right fire equipment to to handle that. I don't think you necessarily have to puncture one. I mean, you could do a safety one and just talk about it, and it's possible maybe insert some clips or photos of what could happen. That's, um, cause, <laughs> that's true. Because I mean, I don't know. I've been on a, I've been at events where people's batteries have caught fire, and or I've seen people deliberately try to get them to catch on fire, which I never think is a smart idea. And we've also been at events where people have a, a really bad battery, and I've seen them throw them into campfires. So, um, yeah. There's, that uh, there's, sounds real safe. <laughs> yeah. There's, 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 I've seen a lot of mishandling. You know, um, Dan Wilson from uh, VP. You know Dan, uh -huh, don't you? Uh -huh. With crazy beard. Oh. Uh, a lipo fire is actually how we met, and that's how our friendship is founded was on a lipo fire so, really yeah at axial fest it was kind of funny <laughs> uh, good times was it was it dan's battery caught on fire or was it your battery caught on fire no no it was dan's we were at, standing at the proline booth because it was like right next to the sor one and so i was t there talking to him and he's talking to them and all of a sudden the thing catches on fire and he's like oh just let it burn you're not going to be able to put it out so just he just kind of threw it on the ground and kicked some dirt on it and watched it for a little bit and that was about all you could do so that that is that that's and that's actually the scary thing about those batteries there's not really all you can do other than just let it do its thing because i mean it's a chemical reaction so unless you have like a chemical um firefighter one that's or fire, fire, fire extinguisher that's, you know, rated to put out chemical fires. I don't think there's much you could do to it. Yeah, actually, they, I think they sell them. Someone told me they sell them on Amazon for pretty cheap. I've been meaning to pick one up. But, yeah, I would suggest if anyone's looking for one, check out Amazon. They have the ones that are rated for LiPo batteries. Oh, nice. I didn't even know that. I, just... I think tossing sand on it, too, is another <laughs> potential method to, I think, well, yeah, knock yeah, it out. That's that's probably pretty common, um, or not common. That's probably a good practice, just basically because um, I deal with construction and some of the stuff like installing gas fireplaces. A lot of the stuff's insulated with sand because sand doesn't really burn. Um, so I think that's probably where 
that comes from. So it's a safe media that won't catch on fire. Like, you know, you put, obviously it goes near sticks and brush. It's going to, you know, be like a tinderbox. Um, but sand and probably, you know, dirt, both of those don't really burn. So smothering it would be the best. I think you absolutely should do a video on lipo safety just because I think it's one of those things that you can't hammer into people's heads enough because everybody's like has that mindset you know like oh it's not gonna happen to me or whatever and like i've had friends that we raced with that like had massive fires in their garages and lost you know thousands of dollars worth of stuff so Dang, it's that's uh, crazy. Y you could probably do one one a month on lipo safety and it wouldn't be enough i mean a public so. service announcement <laughs> exactly yeah. respect your lipos for sure and yeah. if you ever travel to something too that would be another really good one to bring up to your viewers and stuff would be you know how do you travel on airlines or whatnot with a uh, with lipo batteries so I mean, yeah a lot I was of people probably that. Want to know that so yeah know, there was a whole thread on one of the forums on facebook um about people coming to Perlin by the fire and can you travel with lipos and someone said no you can't and then you know a bunch of people said yeah you can and supposedly there are rules and regulations but i think you can just use them on a carry-on which is very bizarre i'm surprised I, you know i wouldn't go yeah, don't go right. with my rules look up the regulations but you can travel with them on an airplane just look up you know what your airline says and i think you have to you know have them in your bags that you carry on which is very surprising but yeah that is that's really strange but no that's good information for people because i mean yeah that's i i would have no idea yeah that would have been a good question for um like somebody like uh, Matt Kent from Scale Builders Guild, he's always travels to events. So how does he get lipos out? Yeah, to the he event? would be a good person to ask. Flying thousands yeah. of miles to everything that he <laughs> being way yep. up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, so. I heard he showed up at uh, Perlin by the Fire with uh, James Knight, and I was like, did he show up in his? Because I know he just got a new Jeep, one to one scale Jeep or whatever. But yeah, I guess he flew in. Canada. No, yeah, he flew in because um, he actually, because um, I'm sure you're following this, the that uh, mayhem thing that they were doing, him and... Oh, the monthly mayhem, yeah. Mm -hmm. He actually had a, he shipped his out first, and I was giving him a hard time because I said, I don't know why you're shipping your rig to the competition because he's going to mess with it before you even get to use it. So <laughs> why didn't you why didn't you ship it out to a, like, you know, a, a, a non-biased you know affiliate that can actually <laughs> bring it and just you know you get to use it so that was pretty funny um but yeah what else was some of the topics we wanted to bring up i'm we drawing blank the, now we got through all the questions right we got through all the questions the last one um if you want to answer it is basically uh your favorite hobby shop and this could be local online you know if you have one some people don't it's that, but that was the final question. Yeah, I mean, I can give a shout out to the local hobby shop. I mean, the hobby shops in Santa Cruz all closed down, unfortunately. Um, but there's a couple in San Jose, and um, NorCal Hobbies is one of the ones that I go to, and they have an indoor track. I think it's mostly like for the mm -hmm. racers. Um, but yeah, indoor track. They do some outdoors, um, I think, on road stuff too. Uh, but we were talking about this too, JJ Customs, he has a new hobby shop in San Jose and all his rigs are unboxed, you can go check them out in person, touch them, 
Philom. Um, I've been wanting to go. I think um, he just recently opened up a few months ago, and I've been meaning to get out there. So definitely want to check that out for sure. Oh yeah, uh, JJ Customs is is a is really interesting shop because he does. He, I guess you could say he's like not an orthodox shop because you know a lot of shops. Yeah, they'll have like one or two rigs out on like you know display so you can look at them. He literally has like every rig that he's selling is not in the box. So if you purchase it, he either grabs you a brand new one or if that's the last one, he just lets you know, hey, that's the last one. And he's pretty cool about it. He gives you like a, a little bit of a break and floor model put, and puts it back in the box and says, "Here you go." That's so sweet. yeah, that's Jason's actually a really cool idea. Jason's an awesome dude, and they also just did. Um, uh, he's got a little like crawler course in the center yeah, of the shop. Yeah, I saw that. So um, I've yet that's to cool. check that out. Uh, that was put up after I was there last. So. Yeah, I saw a couple of videos. I think it was like the Highway One RC guys and Fog City RC. They did some videos there, and mm -hmm. um, so I definitely needed to check it out for sure. So, and with that, now we've gotten all the questions out of the way. Nice. So, um, what do we let's let's talk about news? We've got a lot of stuff in the last week that has happened here. It has been like. A whirlwind of new parts and vehicles oh, yeah. and stuff. So Perline by the fire, a ton of new releases. Exciting. Yeah, that was kind of the place to be if you wanted to see anything new. We already and, we know that they had the Enduro, and then there's that. In It sure looks like a prototype to me because of the vacuum-formed bed on it, but it looks like there's a 6x6 six six in the works with Axial, possibly. Yeah, I, I saw, saw that. that too. <laughs> I Yeah, it was funny because uh, my buddy Todd got a hold of me and was like, Yes, did you see somebody made their own Unimog into a 6x6? Six six? I said, Where, how did they do that cab? I said, it's a four-door cab. And he's like, I thought it was the two-door. And I said, nope, that was a four-door cab with a bed that actually went around the shock hoop, so you didn't see it. And the interesting thing about it is that body was painted very, like, I guess weird would be a good way to use it or interesting because like the sides had some paint on it but like the bed was still clear so you could like see through hmm. it so it's like it's almost like they intentionally left certain areas clear so you could see highlights or something like it was i don't know i found it a little weird but that was just me I'm glad you said that because the first word I was going to say was crude when it was a paint job and what you said's a lot nicer so <laughs> well, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't paint one of my rigs like that, but, you know. Um, what else? Um, and then Element um, RC, I guess. You could say it's a new... I wouldn't say it's a new brand, or I guess it is a new brand under Team Associated. Team Associated is, you know, well-established in the RC industry, but this is their first attempt at a crawler. Um, so into the scale crawler spectrum, um, which is actually, you know, a, pr a pretty good, um, I guess, you know, project to, you know, throw the throw into the ring because they actually did their homework. They've been listening to a lot of, you know, the people in the, you know, community that what they want, what they're looking for. Um, so they gave a lot of thought into their first project, um, which actually, if you want to be like I said, optimistic about it, that could be a good or a bad thing because now if your next one comes out and you didn't put as much thought as you put into your first one, did you drop the ball? 
Yeah, you know, the way they refine their race cars, though, I don't think that's something I don't that think we're so going to see. Because they're a bright group of guys, and uh, Brad Geck, who's kind of like their crawler dude, in addition to Schultz, like, that dude put a lot of time and effort into what they were doing, and they actually accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, really, when you think about it. So oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard about the element on Facebook, you've probably been living under a rock because, like, my entire feed has been RC <laughs> stuff. Oh, like, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, SSD's coming out with a rig, which looks really promising. That one's got my attention. That's right? one that I want to see because I think what they're doing is they're actually offering, from what I've seen in some of the sneak peek pictures, um, they're actually offering their, I guess, divorce transfer case that goes to their scale transmission. So um, I think that's going to be in the kit or roller because there's still speculations whether or not that's going to be a like a builder's kit or a roller. I have a feeling they're going to go the builder's kit route. Like, I, I can't really say a whole lot other than what I've seen, but I think they're... It, from what I understand, they're going the chassis route, like a kit, uh-huh. and uh, it's got a offset fr- uh, pumpkin in the front axle, like the VP uh, VS410, which is a really cool idea. Um, a lot of it looks to be axial-based, like the shock hoops look like they're using their aluminum version of the axial uh-huh. hoops. Um, what else did I see besides that transmission? I I have a feeling it's going to come with that trans and divorce transfer case. Like I Oh, yeah. No, I think so, too, because that's a way also for them to showcase that because I don't know how many people are aware of that setup. Yeah, and I think that we're going to see actually some other really cool things on it, too, that people haven't seen before that they're not expecting. So I I think that's going to be a pretty incredible rig. And then uh, VP's got a chassis kit now to where you can buy uh, their chassis. And I want to say it's like, chassis servo mount all the chassis braces shock hoops skid and basically use that on your axial car so that's they're actually offering their chassis and frame as a as a hop up so and it's actually really reasonably priced i know there was a lot of people like how much is it gonna be 800 bucks you know and it ended up being like you know 109 bucks i think is what uh james had said so super affordable so i think that's gonna be a huge winner for them but yeah, I mean, it's just all of a sudden just everybody's come out with just all mm. kinds of crazy stuff. And another one that came out, and I know this got a lot of flack, um, Axial has the 124th scale deadbolt, yep. um, which either you liked it or you hated it. Um, I think it's it's cool because it gives options to other people because I think what people you know, lose sight of is... Not everybody runs one-tenth scale crawlers. Um, there's people that are into the mini stuff. And you know. And the number one thing that I saw from this was a lot of people that really liked the 124th scale is the fact that there's a lot of model cars in the 124th scale. So you could actually turn a model into a 124th scale crawler if you wanted to. So That's I thought that... Cool. I, that's what I thought. I thought that was pretty cool. And really, with something like that, like, I mean, they, Horizon, and this kind of leads into our next thing we were talking about, I mean, like, Horizon took an awful beating mm-hmm. know, over that, and, I mean, really about the best thing I can say in regards to that is, like, 
if you don't like it, it wasn't made for you. You know, like that car wasn't made for you. Everything that they put out doesn't have to be for you. I mean, like people don't get mad when Losi releases a new monster truck and go, oh, I wanted a new race car. This is BS. You know, it's like that isn't really how it works. You know, it, it's not everything is for you guys. So it, it's yeah, a cool Yeah, it's a different market and, for sure. Yeah, and, and something small like that, a kid can throw it in his backpack. He can take it on the bus with him with it being kind of hidden. There's a lot of people geographically that don't have access to the stuff uh -huh. that the three of us, you know, fortunately have. I mean, you know, there's a kid somewhere in New York City that lives in an apartment building that wants a scale crawler super bad and there's nowhere to go, you know. So, I mean, a little mini one like that that he can make a course in his living room or, you know, figure out a way to enjoy the hobby that way, then that's awesome. You know, more power to him. And I think that people that are upset by that, for one, it's silly, but two, it, it's, I mean it's it's opening up the hobby to even more people and if they buy the little one it's kind of like a gateway drug you know they're gonna be like oh man this thing's rad i want you know one of the big ones now and so i mean i i think it was a really smart move on their part and i i don't know everybody has an opinion but it just <laughs> they have taken such an awful beating over it and it just yeah really there's a fair. lot of there's a lot of competition out there i mean there's just a lot of cool crawler kits coming out and I think I mean I work with Horizon Hobby I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador um, but they say like most of their consumers are kids or like you know backyard hobbyists not ever you know we're so focused on a one part of the hobby like competitive crawling and you know people that track the hobby and know where everything's going and the next and latest thing but most of the people that buy RCs are you know people that want it for their son or daughter or their kids or I think that's a large part of it, and I think they're trying to tap into that. But I mean, they can't also. I think parallel with that, they need to be able to push the hobby too, and and you know, be in line with these new innovative kits that are coming out too. So hopefully, you know, they'll have these new you know kits for a different audience, but also yeah. come out with the, the latest and greatest. As yeah, well. and then my only my, thing my on hope. Sort of the negativity is. I think what actually happens is it also stems into, and I know this isn't a political, um, you know, podcast, so I'm not going to make it anything more than what I'm saying. But I think <laughs> it's what's going on with the world. Everybody thinks they have the right to, you know, which they do to their own opinion, but they think they can avoid, they can voice it. And I think a lot of them are just reaching to just say something because they feel, oh, I want to say something. Where it's like, you know, just what happened to the days where, you know, if that wasn't for you, then you know, you don't need to get on yeah. your soapbox and pound your cool. chest you can just you know quietly your... move along you know it's yeah. like everybody wants to be you know internet famous and mm -hmm. you know i know like with you and i that's not something that we are even remotely interested even by mm -hmm. doing this podcast we do it because we like it whether there's six listeners or 60 you know it's something that's enjoyable and uh you know i i i i don't really get where people are coming from when they start you know everybody wants to feel important they want to feel like they mm -hmm. matter and they want to mm -hmm. you know make their voice heard so that they it, it's a confidence booster and i think a lot of these people that give others a uh, hard time online and these manufacturers and stuff i mean they some of it's the comments are made out of ignorance you know i think a lot of people don't realize how small this segment really is i mean you see a lot of guys like oh i want you know how come they don't release a sorka rig that's like fully pointed out when you buy it or yeah when's axial going to come out with a hard body like how many times have you seen that question online in the comments and stuff like that's great but you know i wish it came with a hard body it's like dude 
not many people want hard bodies. Like, honestly, like, they don't perform that great. They're super expensive. They break a lot easier than Lexan. I mean, the the demographic that wants a hard body crawler like RTR or Kit is so small that it's not even worth their time dealing with, you know? And mm-hmm. there's plenty of aftermarket to take care of that. So uh-huh. it's... I, like I said, I mean, I, I don't say like ignorance is a mean thing. It's just that I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are ignorant to the actual, you know, scale of what it is that's going on and who these rigs are actually targeted for. Well, it's also almost like the other thing, too. It's like it's almost like nothing's – and then you start, I guess, painting that picture that nothing's ever going to be good enough because it's like even if they checked all these boxes that you complained about on the last rig – they're going to find something to complain about on that one. So it's like, when does it stop? You know, and and we want to grow this hobby and we want it to be positive and we want to get people in it. And, you know, there was, you know, a couple posts this past weekend that were super negative, that were taken out of context and on, in my opinion, on purpose to stir the pot instead of, you know, being positive about, you know, what's going on in the in the community right now and what's coming out and you know if you're gonna you know be so harsh and negative about something what do you think the average person that's wanting to get into this hobby how do you think they're gonna take that they might be like oh my gosh look at all this drama I'm not even gonna get involved and then you just lost a whole nother person that could be enjoying what we get to do dude you're absolutely right like I mean yeah, uh, that that sums it up perfectly. If you go and you piss everybody off, there's not going to be much left when you're done. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. It, it's I mean, Axel and Horizon they get beat up so bad after. And this isn't me. You know, I'm not affiliated with anybody, so I I get to, you know, as far as chassis go. So I mean, I get to kind of just speak freely about that. But when they release the 124th, there's people going. How about a new SCX-10? You know, this is BS. This is a toy. It's a kid's toy. I don't want that, you know. It's like, man, what do you want? Like, they just released the UMG-10, which by far is the most detailed kit that they've ever released. We got not one, but two choices for the 1.9 Wraith. That's another thing that, I mean, clearly they were listening to the public when they released the 1.9 Wraith, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my God, what what more do you guys want? Like, we can't win. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, I think what it comes down to, especially with Horizon and Axial, is see, I think it's kind of like that mentality, kick someone while they're down. A lot of people know what's gone on with Axial. You know, they had the whole merger with HobbyCo, then HobbyCo went under, and then, you know, so they were on the market. I mean, that's really when the bashing started was because I think people knew that it was going to go downhill or, you know, have a hard time treading water so instead of being positive about it and still supporting it and you know whether or not you like the brand or, or not um still be somebody who's giving a positive you know impact to you know keep the hobby going instead of you know bringing it down and i think they just want to see something fall so they can go haha see they went you know they went down because it's you know you see it in everything but um, everybody I mean, loses then, you know, yeah, and that's well, why I don't understand why can't why why is that hard to see? It's like we all lose out if somebody fails. It's like yeah, I mean, I see it as like Horizon saved all those brands because Hobbyco yeah. went under, and then Horizon acquired all these like Arma, Losi, um, Axial, like all these you know all these brands wouldn't be around today if it wasn't for Horizon. So I think a lot of you know I think 
I think we have a lot to see from Axial in the coming year once they figure out, Horizon figures out all their brands and what they want to keep, what's going. I think we're, you know, we have a lot to see from Axial in the coming year, so. And they do have a lot, I mean, not a lot, I shouldn't say that, but they have several of this, you know, of their OG uh, employees there still too, you know, you still got Scott, as far as I know, you got Randall. Uh, I think Matt's still there. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who their graphics guy is or not, but I believe he's still there. But, uh, I mean, it, it, you're you're hurting them and the possibility of them, you know, if Axial tanks, there may not be a place at Horizon for a Randall or somebody. And, you know, look what just happened. So, I mean, it, it's just everybody loses when you're negative and you're harping on these guys like that. And it, I, I think it'll get to a point, especially with Axial Fest, and I hope it doesn't happen, but I think that if it keeps up, people are going to be like, all right, enough is enough, you know, like, mm -hmm. no, but nobody appreciates the effort we're putting in. I mean, this is going to make me super unpopular to say, and I've been thinking about how I wanted <laughs> uh -oh. to say this. No, it, and it's not bad, but honestly, and I don't, this could be purely coincidence, so let's, you know, I'll kind of cushion what I'm going to say with that. I kind of feel like we are getting the best product out of Axial since the Horizon buyout because I'm seeing a lot of details that they were just starting to kind of inch towards. Like with the 27JK, they stepped it up and have metal links. They did the locking uh, lower shock cup, the spring cups that you can put the screw in so you don't lose your shock cup. Um, the new 1.9 Wraith is crazy. It's I drove it last night. Not only is it good, and it's something that people have been building and wanting for years and years, but little details. Like, we never got molded grills and clear headlight lenses that aren't part of the body. We never got those things before. And, like, with the Wraith, they actually backed the thing in silver paint so that when you scratch it, it looks like you've scratched through the paint and there's bare aluminum paneling underneath. I mean, that kind of, like, thought shows that somebody is, like caring about the product that they're putting out they're trying to find cool little neat innovations and that's not even something they advertised and i had i before i had you know said look they did this on purpose i wanted to double check my facts and so i asked randall you know i was like hey did you guys do this on purpose and he's like yeah you know and kind of like did a little lol thing i was like man that's absolutely brilliant like that's cool and it shows that they still care about the hobby they're not just sitting around coasting or anything like that we're we're getting better product. I mean, I noticed on the UMG 10, like there was actually some plastic pieces that certain parts trees in there that felt like it's actually made out of like a different material. That's actually a little bit stiffer and better. Like I really do feel that we're getting the best that we've had to date from Axial. And if this is any kind of indicator, the direction that they're going, then that's great. I mean, I think the first SCX 10 two kit I got, I paid 400 bucks for at the local hobby shop and the UMG 10 retails for 100 bucks less. So it's not like they're out to gouge anybody or do any of this. We're getting some really solid, cool stuff out of these guys. So, I mean, give them a break because there are people there. It's not, you know, just plain corporation that's nameless and faceless, you know, automatons that work there. It's, you know, real people with jobs and families. And, you know, it you're kind of screwing with their livelihood a little bit. And, and that's not really okay. I mean they clearly care about what they're doing so you know cut them some slack everybody it's well it's not just that it also comes down to the fact that it's like you know and i've always been a firm believer of this if you truly think you can do something better than they're doing it why don't you go apply for the job and take over and fix it 
Yeah, no, exactly. And like, and I could sit here and bash on Axial because there was some issues in the past where they didn't fulfill their commitments, you know, with like other employees that were there and it ended up leaving and stuff. And it created some issues here and some hard feelings. And, you know, I, if anybody has a reason to like say anything negative, I certainly could if I wanted to, but I don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fix anything. You're not moving forward. It doesn't solve anything. And more importantly, being mad and upset and bitching about stuff, it's not fun. Like, why are you guys spending your time online just Cause then being you have, jerks see, to everybody? That's the problem. Then you have too much time. You're online worrying about that instead of taking your car outside and enjoying your car. <laughs> yes, drive your goddamn car. Get off your phone. It's so bad. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, on the flip side, I think competition pushes the hobby into a cool place like innovation that's exciting too so i think oh, it's good sure. to have a steady competition and keep people on their toes what's the next latest and greatest but yeah there's some great choices out there and stuff that you never really see like cross for example i have a buddy that bought a cross demon and that thing was phenomenal looking i mean it, it was built really well like there's a lot of options and that whole thing with the video which you know by the way whoever did that just shame on you you know like that that was terrible don't do yeah stuff like we're not that. gonna yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna put it out there who who reposted no no but, exactly it's just i'm very much voicing my disapproval of that and it and i 110 percent am with you on that one because that's not what you want to see you don't want to see a video or, or content from anybody taking out of content or context especially if you were or were not there and were and like you weren't present when it was going on because you don't know you're totally just taking something that happened you're putting your spin on it and you're trying to bait a negative response which in the end is hurting the community in more ways than one so you know and the smart people that call you out on it you look foolish to them yep you know like you really do like you did nothing for yourself and your reputation or anything like that by doing something like that there's there's absolutely nothing to be gained and there's people that work at these places that used to work together or never have worked together and they keep some of the same social circles because they are in the same industry and they're friends mm -hmm. and a lot of these places it's not this us versus them mentality it's like hey what are these guys up to and like i mean it goes as far as like even some manufacturers know what the other manufacturers have in the pipeline because they have kind of like an open dialogue you know amongst friends and whatnot and it it's not this like evil competitive us versus them thing we all get a better product out of this so why start that drama when that kit that associated just released maybe the next best thing we see from axial is going to step it up even more and it'll have overdrive options and whatever else people are asking for because they clearly are listening and mm -hmm. so is associated because that has a lot of features that people want and have asked for in rigs so Really, I mean, it's like this is all very good for us. It's there is no us versus them. There is no, you know, this brand is better than that brand. A lot of it's, you know, experience and personal preference and customer service. And, you know, just it, this it, exactly what Haley said competition breeds a better product. And well, I mean, look at look at anything you look at. I mean, look at sports. There's always friend. I always, uh, I'm always for friendly competition because I mean, in sports, like I could give Jay 
a bunch of crap all the time because you know he's in Seahawks territory and I'm I'm in <laughs> Niner I'm in Niner territory. But you know it's all tongue in cheek. You know at the end of the day we're still friends. We're still buddies. We're still gonna talk. We're not gonna like you know ruin a friendship over this. I mean some of the stuff that like these people are saying and doing is like you know you could like potentially not talk to someone for a very long time. You know with some of the you know unnecessary things being said and I know we're we're going on and on about this we could probably take it on to something else but um yeah it's important though it, it really is you know it, it's a very important thing to discuss because it's a huge problem and the thing is it's it's impacting everybody's fun and these people that give people a hard time online and whatnot like it, it's just nobody should be having the fun removed from their situation mm -hmm. in this hobby you know like everybody's entitled to the same type of enjoyment no matter what their decisions are no matter what they want to make their car look like there is no right or wrong you know and i think matt kett said it the best um i this was probably a year ago but we were talking and uh you know at the time i was talking to him about axial because i felt like a really like deep loyalty because of the way they had gone out of their way to accommodate us at the first two axial fests that we went to and they were great to work with and I, you know it was a great experience and it kind of created this situation where i felt like if i drove another brand of car i was like cheating on a girlfriend or something like it was terrible you know so i was really loyal to axial and uh Matt, one day when we were speaking he says you know i don't think you can be a true enthusiast in this hobby unless you do experience some other brands and some different things outside of the norm, because then you're, you're getting the whole experience, you know, there's, there's certain things that are going to be more, more fun than others. Like for example, like having a really like set up comp truck versus like that UMG 10, I had to learn how to drive that thing completely differently than I've driven any of my other cars. Cause of you know, the weight and everything on it. And, uh, you know that that that's a cool experience and it grows you as far as like your not just mechanical understanding of how different brands are put together i mean cuz you know you'll start to see like oh you you know you'll a light bulb will come on and you're like oh i get how they engineered it this way and it's different than this other brand how they've done it and it you know it it can help you grow knowledge wise in the hobby not just being able to have fun with a lot of cool different things. And I think that's something that's really important is you do need to experience a lot of stuff just like anything else in life because then you can actually create a formed opinion about what you actually like and don't like, you know, just because you hop on Facebook and some dude who's like bros with whoever at Pitbull's like, oh, you need these tires and that's all you should have, you know, they're the best tire. It's like there's so much bad information on Facebook with stuff like that, you know? And so you need to take it upon yourself and try these different things and get your own experiences before you can really have any kind of a valid opinion, especially if it's something you're going to be vocal about online. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, it goes back to your credibility, and, and that's something that I try to balance on my channel is, like, how do you represent a brand and be an ambassador, but also, you know, people don't think you're just a walking ad for that company. Like, you need to know what else is out there and what the comp competition looks like and try out different things. And I'm, with my channel, I'm trying to, like, expose people to lots of different types of things. And so it's a little bit of a learning for me. Like, can I be a team driver? Can I be a brand ambassador? Like, what does that mean for working with one company or another or, you know, people's competitors and stuff? So I, I think it's a balancing act, but... I, 
I mean, I'm hoping that I can expose people to lots of different types of cool products and hopefully that increases your credibility in the industry if you know a little bit about lots of different types of you know, brands out there. And you've, you've branded yourself really well too. I mean, like with your logo and, you know, you're very well spoken and you don't stumble over your words like yeah, I do. You know, I feel like, like I do. Like, no, no, I mean, no. Good editing, you know? You, 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 no, you do great, obviously. I mean, with, you know, no editing with this recording, but yeah, I mean, what you have there is a very attractive package to different manufacturers and other companies. I, I know with me, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I'm hard to reach, so I want to like publicly apologize to you. It, it gets a little uh, hectic here because I, I do a little bit of everything. My kid does all the technical like hard part stuff, and then I handle shipping, drawing, production. I, I do all of it, and I'm really hard to reach sometimes, and it's not that I'm trying to make it difficult on people, but... You know, it's just I, I have so many commitments, not just with work, but with other areas of RC, with like racing and sponsorships and this podcast and volunteering at different tracks and having our club that I host events for, you know, being the president of our club and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I'm pulled a lot of different directions, but immediately, like it, it wasn't even a second thought. And I and also I had seen that James Knight had uh, kicked you down some stuff, too. So I was like. You know, it, James is an excellent judge of character, so mm -hmm. it, immediately it was just kind of a no-brainer for me to send stuff to you, you know, for you to try out. I wish I would have yeah. had more because, like, actually we've got, like, more stuff than when I had mailed that out that has come up that's new. So I would like, you know, I'll I'll send another package your way. But, no, I mean, from a, from a business standpoint, you know, with how you approached us and how you're handling everything you know you're, you're really doing a fantastic job and you know I, I think that you have a lot of uh, credibility and a lot of reach with what you're doing because you 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 also aren't like you don't hack on stuff there's some youtube personalities that hack on certain brands and whatnot no this is garbage and i wouldn't have done it this way and this is awful and you know and you don't do that you offer a really informative and kind of a, your personal opinion of it. And, and that's coming from an enthusiast, not somebody saying, you know, I want this to be, you know, like you need to say this is the best thing and all that you use on your cars and whatnot. Like I, I think your direction's going really good with all of it and that people, like I had mentioned, you know, before, they're, they're going to, you know, they're going to trust you. They're, they can see, you know, guys like James Knight, if he's, you know, participating with you on builds and stuff like that, you know, clearly you're the real deal, you know? And so you're going to have a lot of, uh, kind of clout and credibility to go along with the brand that you've created for yourself because of your presentation. And you're not, you're not like a threatening dude, you know, like, some, <laughs> like, you know, like guys are kind of like, you I'm know, I know more than, yeah, exactly. You know, you're very approachable and you know, I, I think that that's all stuff that has carried you and will carry you a really long ways. So, I mean, everything that you're doing right now is great. And like we talked about, maybe the team fit won't always be the right thing for you, but you're really headed in the right direction. And it, it, it's fun to see. And on top of that, I mean, it, it it's cool to see, you know, a woman actively involved and like into this and not, you know, like, oh, my boyfriend got me into it, or this is something that we do together, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's an awesome situation. But, like, 
your history and whatnot, that's cool. You know, like you're, you're an enthusiast and people are going to latch onto that. And I think that you're going to have, you know, a really strong following with what you're doing and it, it's just going to grow and get better. You know, Thanks. A lot, yeah, of, a lot of it that. is because of your demeanor. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, it's interesting being a woman in this hobby and there's, I think as my audience or whatever in, in quotes, it's like 94% dudes. And I mean, mm -hmm. my kind of goal is to increase women's involvement in RC and it, I mean, it's a slow road. It's a, you know, big hill to climb, but I think by people, by other women and people's, like tons of dads have reached out to me like, oh my God, my daughter saw you and like she didn't think any guys do it and it's so cool that like, so, you know, women can do it and so I think, I mean, that makes me keep going and doing it more and so, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I mean, there's actually been a really, really positive um, response to my involvement and I feel like if anyone says any hate or any negative comments you'll get like 20 people like bashing them trying to like what are you saying to her and so good, I think there's a huge good. strong community behind me which is super positive and like yeah it's just it's been fun like trying out different products and seeing yeah getting deliveries in the mail I'm always like oh sweet I, today I got some like hex extenders like adapters to like widen the stance of my rig and I'm just super stoked to like get these things in the mail. So it's just been fun. It's fun. Like just RC deliveries, RC mail, like oh yeah. Been a really cool um yeah, positive response to to my involvement in the RC world. That's great. Yeah, I I it kills me that anybody would like, you know, give you a hard time over any of this stuff. It's just I don't know. It, it's bad when it happens to anybody, but I mean, like I'm it's cool to hear that you've got kind of like your following of people that kind of come to your defense on stuff like that and kind of, you know, not that I'm not saying that you need it or anything. I'm sure you could handle it diplomatically, you know, just perfectly on your own, but it's nice to see people care enough to where, you know, they're going to say something. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. It's been a fun journey for sure. That's awesome. Like, did we kind of touch on everything? Like it, are you leaving anything out here? I noticed we're getting close to that hour and a the, half mark. The only thing, and I probably say this would be the last thing to bring up, and I'm sure we can kind of get through it quickly. Um, projects that you're working on. I know you touched on um, some of the projects you're working on on your YouTube channel, um, and if you're following along on Instagram, because um, I've seen snippets of some of these. Um, what projects do you have on your bench right now? Yeah, my next build is my kind of my Road to Axial Fest build. Um, so my SCX-102 Cherokee, I know it's been out for a while, but I've been wanting that rig for super, super long. Um, so I have that on my bench next. And obviously got an SOR wrap in the mail this week and going to do a video on how to install my first final wrap, which is going to be kind of cool. Um, I have a Tekken combo motor ESC coming in the mail this week, 2300 KV rock. 412, not 412. <laughs> <laughs> RX4. Yeah. Um, I yeah, second time with the RX4. I had I have one of my Pro MC 4x4 monster truck. Um, but yeah, Tekken combo. I'm excited about censored motor ESC combo. Um, got my DX5 rugged and SR515 receiver going in that. Also my Trick RC light kit. Got the DG1, and I can use the on-off remote switch, which I'm super excited oh, about. You can cool. turn it on and off, and also toggle through all the brightness settings with the the DG1. So you can do like three brightness settings with the um, the light bar and rock lights and um, those are pretty light buckets. awesome kits. Like I I'm not really sure like 
how they accomplish it, but I have never seen anything that bright. They're so bright. And it's, it's off of like receiver voltage. It's not even like the super high voltage going to it. Yeah. It's nuts. There's really neat stuff. Yeah. It's it's fun. Lighting, I, I love like lighting up my rigs. Um, yeah, and then hopefully James Knight, I was going to reach out to him about some 3D printed parts for it. So, yeah, that's kind of my, my next few weeks, I would say, is getting that in order and getting that ready to run. What tires awesome. are you going to use on that one? Um, I have, I think it's the KO2, the stock tires for now, um, but I don't know. I might reach out to Proline and see if they can hook me up with um, some different tires. But for now, I think the stock ones look pretty good. I got some hex adapters on it to like widen the stance a little bit on that one, too. Nice. Yeah, I think it, like 15 mil, 15 millimeter offset. Those feel, the, they fill the wheel well really well, too. Oh, like yeah. It's a nice size on those. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, I haven't uh, taken it out on the trails yet, so it's just kind of it's it's a roller now. I did my first. I did an unboxing and like a assembly video, and so I'm hoping to yeah do the the SOR vinyl wrap install. Yeah, which I'll, I'll like it. All that. I'll try and get with you in the next couple of days prior to you. Uh, I I put an instruction sheet in there, I believe, but there yeah, is I a saw couple of tricks. Like luckily, you're doing one that's not a complete nightmare to do. Like some of these, I mean, I'll be honest, are not fun to try and put on because you know it's like trying to wrap a bowling ball in a piece of paper without any wrinkles. <laughs> it's it's hard, you know. So there's there's some tricks that I'll kind of walk you through. But yeah, I mean, it's it'll be cake. But it just occurred to me too, like the nose of that thing i don't do a decal for the nose because i've always bedlinered that area around the grill and the fender flares because okay. they seem to get beat up the most so i, I use a spray on bedliner for that i i couldn't come up with a good way freaky skins did it and i never looked close enough at theirs but i never found a, a way of wrapping the nose of that around the grill to where it was kind of to my liking and wasn't obviously a, a sticker so that's something that you're going to come to and probably not not you know if i hadn't said anything probably not know what to do there <laughs> shorted a piece sweet but, but oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know okay. like the the paint and whatnot and give you kind of the ins and outs so cool yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah take your time make sure it's clean heat is your friend heat gun and oh yeah um heat gun or hair dryer i use okay. a hair dryer just because it's vinyl you can melt it pretty quickly with a heat gun so oh, yeah. so i typically that's why sometimes i'll just use a hair dryer because i don't want to nuke it i'm um, glad you said that because her her wraps matte and if you do hit that stuff with too much heat it creates a mm -hmm. shiny spot i noticed mm -hmm. so that that's actually super good that you brought that up thanks well it's because a lot of people i know that i mean it's like the saying there's multiple ways to skin a cat but you know it's I, I can only go off of what I've done in the past, um, and that's pretty much how I do it. It's just a heat is a hair dryer. Um, you know, take your time, uh, try to line it up. Um, like if you can find something that you can actually get some sort of like a you know straight line reference off of, start working that way, and then just work your way and just smooth it out. You know, pull. You know, if you have to pull on it a little bit you know, work it into everything. Um, and then once I kind of get everything laid down, I just give it one good quick kind of like heat over everything to kind of like make the um, adhesive stick, you know, so it doesn't want to lift. And yeah, then that's pretty much it. Set it. You'll have to kind of babysit it a little yep. bit. But, you know, okay. be, for the first week, uh, there'll be some corners that might start to peel up. So you just keep an eye on them and reheat it because eventually it remembers its new shape and stays stretched that way. Mm -hmm. So it's 
There's some tricks, but we'll we'll get you through it. It's not bad, especially not the Cherokee. So no, the Cherokee. I was happy when I heard you say that. At least you're not trying to you're not trying to wrap the new um, X3. Yeah. The little Yeti Junior. I know there's so many grooves in that. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, actually, and I don't know if you saw this, Jay. When I did mine. I know. I don't think you intended it. I did it anyways because it just made it easier for me. I I put a slit in the one part because I just didn't like how much I had to stretch it to get it to stay yeah. in there. So I figured if you just give a relief cut, it lays down a lot easier. Yep. That's yeah. Absolutely. If you look at mine, there's little cuts and stuff all over it, and that's something that I mentioned in the instructions too. You know, just. You know, you may have to make a small cut here and there, but it's. I'd rather give people like too much material when they're trying to line that stuff up than not enough and have it, you know, because then if you're off, you know, two millimeters, it'll be off, you know, four or six at the other end. So oh, if yeah. you have a little too much material to trim off, then it makes it a lot less of a, you know, precision job and it's easier on everybody. So I'm just going to start turning people over to you for instructions, man. You have it. <laughs> Maybe I'll just send you back my body with the wrap and you guys do it yourself. Yeah, that's, send it back I, to me. <laughs> I, I do that a lot for people. Like people send stuff like here a lot install. that they paint. Yeah, because, I mean, and I get it. I mean, they're not comfortable doing it, but, you know, it's I, I don't well, mind at all. I do it all the time. Well, I think what it is is it's kind of like an intimidation factor because, trust me, I've done it with, like, applying even decals, you know, on our work, on, like, my work truck and stuff. You want you know you pay a lot of money for some of this stuff, and um, you want to make sure that it goes on perfectly. So some people get intimidated, um, and I know it's a smaller scale, so you can't really do it. I mean, I don't know, Jay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know with like when I do my work truck, I can like use the soapy water method, and it's still movable. But oh, I don't think you yeah. can really do that with a wrap. No, it's the the problem is is that it's. It's the wrap isn't scale in proportion to the body, obviously. So I mean, if if you were to do the math, you know that wrap would be ten times thicker in real life than it is on the car there. And in reality, you know, you're only using like a one or two mil vinyl, which is super thin. And so it's just there's some stuff that it's not going to conform to, you know, because it it it's going to take some work because it is you know difficult trying to get it around some of those bends and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah. I use it as a learning experience. Hopefully I can uh, help uh, some newbies <laughs> learn how uh, to do it too. And if people are nice and if they goof them up, like I'll, if something happens, I'll send them out like a replacement piece or whatever they need, you know, but like if people are like, this is crap, it doesn't fit, or, you know, then, then it's kind of, you know, like, all right, well, dude, you know, you're on your own. But if, <laughs> if, if people are cool about it, like I'll absolutely, you know, send something out and be like, Hey, you know, let's get it looking good. It's not going to hang you out to dry here with, you know, having something half halfway done. So, and then and the other thing too is, as long as the body's clean enough. Like when I was doing the the Can Am, because that's the most recent rig that I've wrapped. You um you can pull it back off. Like if you set it on there and you're like, okay, I don't like that in place, right? Peel it back off gently and then reset it, and you can actually you know do that so you get it where you need it. It's once you've really worked it then it's kind of like where it's going to stay. So like just kind of go lightly and make sure you have it where you want it and just like I said, time's really everything. The people that whip through it too fast, those are the ones that usually peel quickly. They look crooked and just like I said, that application is just wrong. Yeah, it's it's uh, 
Yeah, it, take your time with it, and yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. I had something really important to say, and now it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we, we don't need to go over all the rap stuff and bore everybody, so... Um, so is there anything, Haley, you would like to close out with before we end uh, this week's episode? I think that's it, but thank you for having me on. It was a ton of fun chatting with you guys and yeah, thanks for uh, looking forward on. to staying in touch. It. Oh, yeah, Th definitely. Thank you very much. And, yeah, in the future, just absolutely I'll kick down some more stuff your way and keep doing what you're doing. I think it's a great thing, and I think everybody else thinks so too, obviously. So, yeah, just keep at it it's, it's awesome any any new perspective and uh you know avenue that people can turn to for advice and you know it's all it can do is help everybody so yeah just keep up the great work it's it's phenomenal cool awesome uh yeah stay tuned for the scx 10 cherokee build looking forward to sharing that with yeah, everyone that'll be a cool one for sure cool all, all right, right guys well it was very fun thank you guys Likewise. i'm going to click off and then we'll give you the uh information as far as where to uh upload the mp3 file to awesome thanks cool. we'll have a good right. night see you guys Bye. see you guys okay so it hits